Amen. And thank you for being here this morning. I hope God has already blessed you, and I hope he blesses you some more. Get out here where I can see you all a little better. I believe that every bit of the Bible is real. And we can count on it. Even if we may not fully understand it, we can trust the Bible and the Word of God is the Word of God. The Bible says, that's good enough for me. And it's my job to learn more about it, figure it out. But I'm not going to get to figure all of it out. I'm going to have to go to heaven to learn the rest. That's a pretty good trade, wouldn't you say? I'm going to heaven because of what Jesus did for me. And we're all going to be there together like that song says. And I think they're up there saying, I sure wish you were here. And one day we're going to be there. If you give your life to Christ, you know where you're going. When you lose a loved one, they're not lost. They're gone home. And, uh, you know, Vicki left this world this morning and woke up in heaven on Sunday morning. What a blessing. In Romans chapter 8, I want to share some scripture with you and talk to you about what the Holy Spirit will do for you throughout your life. When you gave your life to Jesus, the Spirit of God filled you. And you know, we're filled with the Spirit of God when we give our life to Christ and we really, really mean it. Can't fool the Lord, right? And if you're not sure if you're saved, I would urge you to be sure today before you leave. It's okay. It's okay. You know, uh, you don't have to go back and say, I, I to try to figure it out. If you've never given your life to Christ, or maybe you did go through the motions, but you're really having some serious doubts. I mean, that's normal, guys. There's a lot of people who go through that. And if you know that you know that you know that you're saved, stand on that promise and never let go of it. But if you're not sure, please don't live your life unsure. Let's get that settled. Let's turn it over to the Lord. And if you really mean it with all your heart, you can know for sure where you're bound if you draw your last breath or live your last day on this earth. You can be sure. You know, it's okay to rededicate and recommit to Christ. It's okay to draw closer and closer to Him. I think the Christian life seems to me is like this. A scale, a, a graph that climbs, but there's plateaus and there's, sometimes there's even valleys. And we get back to a right relationship with the Lord. And I'm not talking about getting saved over and over again. I'm talking about being sure today. And if you can walk out of this church today and say, stay with me now. If you can walk out of this church building today and say, I know that if I draw my last breath today, I'm going to wake up in heaven. If you know that and you can walk out of those doors and say that in your heart for sure, then you have what most people in the world don't have, a peace that passes all understanding that only comes through Jesus Christ. And without bashing anybody or putting anybody down, I'm not trying to belittle anybody but guys stay with me Muhammad rotted in the grave Buddha in no matter how much wisdom he had his bones 
rotted in the ground and, and dried up and went back to the earth and his soul did not live forever because he does not follow Jesus Christ. And I'm not putting them down. I'm saying, please don't follow the wrong leader. There's only one that can lead you to heaven. And his name is Jesus Christ. And him alone is found eternal life. Well, what about all these other religions? They're just as sincere and they've been going on for a long time. And I would say the devil has been around as long as Jesus has. And the devil is trying to steal everything that Jesus holds dear. And when he can create a movement that leads millions of people away from eternal life, then he's accomplished his goal. But one day, and I don't think it's going to be much longer, when I wake up and I see they're bombing Israel from the north, they're bombing Israel from the south all week long, nobody's doing anything about it, Israel is on its own defending itself. Not even the United States will stand up and do anything about it. When I see that happening, I look up because I believe our Savior is drawing near. Redemption is drawing nigh, the Bible says. I believe that it's not going to be much longer. We have God's chosen nation where His heavenly city will sit. They're not perfect. They do things wrong. They make bad decisions. They're not all saved. In fact, only a fraction of them are saved. That's the same way as it is in the United States of America. But God said, if you will help preserve my people, my nation, my land, I will bless you. And those who curse it will be cursed. And I am not one of the cursed because I stand with Israel whether our president does or not. Our salvation is not based on the White House, thank goodness. Our salvation is based on God's house. And that is heaven. The Bible says there will be no need of a temple because God himself will be the temple. And Jesus said, you don't have to wait until I come back to earth to be a partaker of this heavenly gift. You don't have to wait till I set my kingdom up on earth, earth for you to be part of it. I will give you my spirit. My spirit will live in you. My spirit will guide you. My spirit, Jesus said, is going to be a comfort unto you, a guide unto you, a leader of your life and your heart and your soul. My spirit is poured out upon all flesh, and he that will receive it shall live forever. Romans chapter 8 says that the Spirit of God will do these things for you. And it says in verse 1, There's now therefore no condemnation to them who are in Christ Jesus and do not walk in the flesh anymore, praise God. But after the Spirit of God, how many are happy today that there's no condemnation in your life? People are going to try to condemn you. You know what? They can try. But the Bible says there is no condemnation. Amen? Amen. Praise God. I'd love to hear the Lord praised. Christ Jesus has made us free. 
There is no condemnation to them that walk after Christ Jesus. In verse 2, for the law of the spirit of life in Christ Jesus has made me free from the law of sin and death. Sin, there is a law called sin and death. You know what it is? There's a basic law of God. It's very simple. He states it over and over through the scripture. If you sin, you die. This is why every human being dies, because every human being sins. This is why Adam and Eve died, because they sinned. If you could live a perfect life without sin, you could not die. But the fact is, you can't. No one ever has, no one ever will. Here's the thing. God did not set up an impossible law just to get us. What he was saying was, if we phrase it maybe in today's language, it would be, be because we all sin, I sent my son to give you my spirit, and my spirit will live in you and will take all your condemnation away, and you will live forever. Amen. And so, that's what the spirit does for you. The spirit of life. In Christ Jesus has made me free from that law. Set me free. People make fun of us. They say, oh, you churchgoers, you say you're free from sin, but you sin all the time. Well, they don't understand what we're talking about. What we're talking about is we are set free from that rule that says if you sin, you're going to be dead forever. And the Bible says no. My children, even though they sin, are going to be forgiven and their condemnation taken away and my spirit lives in them and therefore they will live forever. People don't understand us. People think we're weird. Maybe we are. The Bible says we're supposed to be a peculiar people. I've been working on that. So not only will the Spirit give you life, and not just life here in this world, but eternal life forever, the Spirit of God is the reason you get to live forever. Because Jesus Christ made it happen for you. What he did on Calvary is the reason Vicki woke up in heaven this morning. What he did on Calvary is the reason our friends and loved ones are waiting for us. Some of them are not. Some of them are not. Some of them didn't make it. And that's a harsh reality that is hard to deal with sometimes. But we have to release that to God because the Lord is fair and just and merciful. Heaven is real. Hell is real. There's a real place. You know, Jesus told parables, and he said a certain man in a certain place in a certain town or a certain woman and blah, blah, blah. But when he told the story of Lazarus, uh, not, the, not his friend that he raised from the dead, but the other Lazarus who was a beggar that laid at the gate, he named his name, and he said exactly who he was and exactly what he did. You know why? Because it was a true story, not a parable. And he said, Lazarus knew the Lord. 
He was a beggar laying in the street with sores on his body. He was thrilled, the Bible says, just to get the scraps that the man tossed over his fence so he could eat them. Well, that kind of blows those prosperity preachers out of the water, doesn't it? Now, I believe the Lord wants you to prosper. Don't get me wrong. I am all for it, and I believe the Lord gives us prosperity. Hey, this nation is more prosperous than any nation ever has been in the history of the world. Even the poorest people in our country are wealthier than a huge part of the population of the rest of the world. But Lazarus was not prosperous in riches. He was not prosperous in gold or even a nice place to live. But he had the Spirit of God in him. And so he had everything he ever needed to get to heaven. The Spirit of God will give you life. The Spirit of God will allow you to walk in verse 4. Walk in the Bible usually means live. Um, today when we talk about, you know, there's just different words that have changed over time. And when you see walk in the Bible, it almost always means the way you live, the way you act. It actually means behavior. It means behavior. And this is part of the world's problem right now is they've got identity mixed up with behavior. You see, I may do something stupid tomorrow, I hope not, but it is possible, and that doesn't make my identity. My behavior does not determine who I am, it is the Holy Spirit of God that determines how I live. If I yield my will to God's will, I have to do that daily. Jesus said, daily, pick up your cross and follow me. It's not something you just do and then you're safe forever. That's eternal salvation, absolutely forever. But our behavior day after day after day is a relationship with Jesus Christ through his Holy Spirit. And when your spirit is lined up with the Spirit of God in you, it makes for a great day. And so he says, how you behave, how you live, or how you walk is by following the Spirit. That's what verse 4 says. We walk not after the flesh, but after the Spirit. After means following, pursuing, actually. We pursue it's more urgent, like it's more exciting. We want to live more for the Lord than we do for those things that drag us down. Take all our money, take our health, take our spirit. Our mind is our spirit. You know, there's things that we do that literally bring our mind down, 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 even into depression. And some of that can be chemical, but some of it is behavioral. And so... When you're down in the dumps, because it's going to happen probably once in a while, when you're down in the dumps, just force yourself to get up and go do something that you enjoy doing, even though you don't feel like doing it. When you're down in the dumps, because the Spirit is in you, just force yourself to stand up and say, Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Holy Spirit. Thank you for getting me through yesterday. 
in giving me today. Walking after the Spirit. So not only will the Holy Spirit give you life, He will also affect your behavior. And the Bible says up in um, verse 9, it says you are not in the flesh anymore. You are now in the Spirit. The word in means identity. And this is where the world is so mixed up. The world right now today is trying to say your identity is based on your sexual desires. I mean, how ridiculous is that? That is so far from even logical. It makes no sense at all. I mean, that changes with the wind. I mean, how many would, how in the world can people try to say that the way kids feel when they're little is who they are for their whole life? I mean, I've been a school teacher. It takes about one day to figure out that's not true. <laughs> no scientific basis for any of it. It's all an agenda of the devil to bring as many people away from God as they can, as he can. And so this says, in the spirit versus in the flesh. And it's tough for us. Paul said he struggled with that every day, didn't he? Paul said, I struggle with that every day. Every day I have to decide, am I going to let the spirit win today or am I going to let the flesh win today? This was Paul. The greatest church planner ever in the history of the world, I guess, especially in Bible times, Paul. And he said, every day I have to make a decision. Am I going to let the flesh win or if I'm going to let the spirit win? And this is how it is. And so, no, a Christian, listen to me, a Christian that lets the flesh win is not necessarily a hypocrite. He may have had a weak moment. She may have had a weak day. She may have made a she may have let her flesh win that day instead of the spirit. Don't come down too hard on yourself for that. Just get back on track. The Lord has not forgotten you. Amen. It's about relationship. Growing up, I had a great father who was a great pastor. Loved by everybody. Great coach. You know, but there are, I look back through my life and there were many times where he and I were really close. And there were many times where we weren't. Right? But he was still my father. And I was still his son. And so you might be in a period in your life right now and maybe you feel like you've kind of drifted away from being close to God. I promise you, if you let him, he'll take your hand and he'll bring you right back to his side because he is never going to leave you nor forsake you. Uh, students that are graduating, if I could give you one piece of advice, I'll probably go ahead and give you about ten. But if I just give you one, it would be don't let any college professor, any boss, or anyone with influence in your life convince you to stop believing in Jesus Christ and the Bible. Because they have a lot of very intriguing and alluring 
arguments. And they have a lot of insights that are seen, oh, wow, this is so cool. But later in life, you're going to look back and think, it really wasn't cool. Let me tell you what's really cool. That when you get to heaven, you can hear him say, well done. That's what's the best of all. That's what the Spirit of God will do for you. Acknowledging here in the Scripture that there are going to be days where we're not as close to God's will as other days. But the Lord hasn't left you. You know, looking back over my life, and I'm not saying my life is just like your life. What I'm saying is every life is different. But the Lord is that one constant as he has filled us with his spirit, and he never lets us go, and we do not have to wonder whether he's on our side or not, because he is, and because he lives, we will live forever. And if you'll keep that in the forefront of your mind, and students that are graduating, or even if you're not yet, please, please take Romans chapter 8, and read it, and read it, and read it, and read it. I would advise you, that is one of the best chapters that I know of to teach us how to live and walk after Jesus Christ rather than the flesh and the lust of the world. The Bible says that if we're in the flesh, verse 8, if we're in the flesh, that means if we're living according to our fleshly feelings and desires and that sort of thing, then we're not going to be pleasing the Lord. But the opposite is true. If you're living and walking and following Christ, you can please the Lord. You know, one of the greatest lies the devil tells is there's no way you could please the Lord because you're a sinner. And I'm standing here and telling you, yes, you can. You can please the Lord. In fact, you can hear him say, well done in this life and not wait to the next life. You can actually be Pleased in your heart that you know you're pleasing Him. I'm telling you, you are not some dirty, rotten sinner headed for hell. You are saved, born again, filled with the Spirit, full of life, headed for eternal life. The devil hates that. Don't let your mind, anyone, or Satan steal that victory from you. Amen. Not even for a minute. And then it says down in verse... 10, if you're with me, Romans 8 verse 10, he says, you have received the spirit of bondage, you have not received it again. Now I know I added a phrase there, but when you were living in the world, you received the spirit of bondage. But when you give your life to Christ, he is not going to give you the spirit of bondage again. He is going to set you free. Free from what? That rule that God set. If you sin, you die. Now, there's two deaths. There's the body dying and the soul dying. The Bible says that the, those who reject Christ, not only when, they, when their body dies, their soul will go to this place of torment, but it also says that later that place of torment that has all those souls in it will be cast and into the lake of fire and destroyed. This is the second death, the Bible says. And so 
you don't have to worry about the second death if you have been set free by the spirit of life. Jesus has it. He's got this. He's got this. And here's why I like the way this, you know, you're not adopted into the kingdom of God. You're not adopted by God. You're born into his family. But you're given what's called the spirit or philosophy or teaching of adoption. In other words, uh, best way I know to describe it is in adoption in these days, back in Bible times, and it's this way many times now in certain places. If uh, a person was adopted, they could never be disinherited. All right? And so you got the best of both worlds. Not only are you born into the kingdom of God, Jesus told Nicodemus, you must be born again. You must be born from above. Whatever your Bible translates it, it means born again of God this time, of the Holy Spirit this time. Has anybody watched that, any of that series, The Chosen? It's pretty, pretty awesome, isn't it? And there's a great scene with Nicodemus that will really move your heart. If you Google it and try to find it, you'll like it. And Jesus is telling him, you must be born again. Now, you're born spiritually into the kingdom of God when you get saved. It might be at the altar. It might be at your bedside. It might be somewhere else. But when you give your life to the Lord and you really mean it, you ask, oh, please, God, forgive me my sins. Come live in my heart. I give my life to you, and I really mean it. And he comes onto your whole, it's just like he fills your whole mind and body and soul, and you feel it. And you know it. And nothing is ever the same again. That's being born again. But you get the spirit of adoption in that you will never be disinherited. You will never be disinherited. God loves you. God keeps us. I like that old gospel song that we used to sing. Hold to God's unchanging hand. But the real truth is, not only am I holding on to His hand, but he's holding on to me in the palm of his hand. See, I'm not hanging by a finger. I am in the palm of his hand holding on tight because I love him. That is God. He says, I'm going to give you the spirit of adoption, never to be disinherited out of the family of God. I'm going to close with this, verse 17. Would you read it with me, please? Verse 17. Because we are children... Okay, because we are children, or if children, then we are heirs. Somebody tell me what Jesus is going to inherit. The earth. The earth. Jesus is inheriting the earth. This is his planet. He is raised his family up here on this planet. He is moving his house to this planet after it's recreated. The whole entire earth and all its inhabitants that follow him. He is inheriting that. And the Bible says, so are we. We're going to join in that inheritance. That does not mean we will be equal to him. It means that he is sharing it with us. It doesn't mean that we will be gods. And if a certain religion teaches that you will become a god, reject that religion. That's exactly what Satan used to fool Adam and Eve in the garden, remember? 
He said, if you eat that fruit, you'll be just like him, and he doesn't want you to be. And they believed it. And there are religions today that teach you can go from this stage to that stage to that stage to that stage and eventually become a deity. And no religion that teaches that is acceptable to God. You're going to be, I'm going to be joint heirs with Jesus. He's sharing his inheritance with us. If children, then heirs, heirs of God, joint heirs with the Messiah. If so, it be that we suffer with him, we will also be glorified together with him. You're going to suffer if you follow the Lord. You know why? Because you're not going to behave the same way that you would have without him. You're going to behave in a way that is not mainstream. I look at it like this. Do I want to be one of those fish going with the flow? Or do I want to be that fish swimming upstream that gets the reward? And that's your choice. And the reward is eternal life with Christ.